BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey, let's see if this holds. Today's poll question at Smirconish.com asks, should CMT have removed the Jason Aldean video for Try That in a Small Town? I was voter 97 early, early this morning. We had just posted the question. There were only 97 votes cast. Should that video have been removed by CMT? 49 votes said no, and 48 votes said yes. You can't get a closer margin than that. So did the first 100 in the door roughly speak for the audience at large? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I, I don't know how high the voting will go. I mean, yesterday we had 23,000 and change. When I asked my... Uh, my Tracy Chapman question, although it was a Sunday and we tend to have less voting on a Sunday, you know, not not as many voting. But this thing is hot. I mean, it's so hot. And this is really incredible to me. Last night, there was a three hour special on ABC. I did not watch, but there was a three hour CMA Fest concert special on ABC. It featured Jason Aldean. And guess what? He was singing this now controversial song. And people are having a fit about the fact that it was the video didn't play, but him singing the song was included in that telecast last night. It was a pre-recorded uh, appearance from June 10 at Nashville's Nissan Stadium. That's of interest. Also, uh, yesterday we talked about the courthouse, the Maury County Courthouse, which is the backdrop for the Jason Aldean video. It's in Columbia, Tennessee. Turns out that 100 years ago... Uh, an 18-year-old black man was lynched. And so there was immediate speculation as to, hey, did he know that? Did he pick that location for the music video? The production company responsible for the video, for shooting and producing the video, said that Jason Aldean didn't know, had no role in it. Another revelation, though, is the fact that because of the picturesque nature of that courthouse, it's kind of a quintessential small-town courthouse It's been used in other videos. It's been used in other films. It even featured in Hannah Montana, the movie. So there's that. And then the celebrity input continues, including now from Sheryl Crow, who says, hey, Jason Aldean, I'm from a small town. Even people in small towns are sick of violence. Sheryl Crow grew up in Kennett, Missouri. They've got a current population of roughly 10,200. Jason Aldean was born in Macon, Georgia. Current population, 156,000. She says to him, 
There's nothing small town or American about promoting violence. You should know that better than anyone having survived a mass shooting. This is not American or small town like it's just lame. Yesterday's poll results, 23,130 cast ballots. What would be the impact? What would be the impact? It could happen today. This could this could come to fruition today. What would be the impact among Republicans of another federal indictment of Donald Trump? I'll round it off and tell you that half of those who voted said it'll have no impact. Again, I'm asking among Republicans. A quarter said it'll hurt them and a quarter said it'll help them. For the last two days, I've been talking about this, what we believe to be imminent indictment of former President Donald Trump. That grand jury is meeting today in Washington, D.C., so it it might happen today. We don't know, or I don't know, if they're sitting tomorrow. But by the end of the day, he may be facing his third indictment. He had until today, by the timeline given to him in what he regards as, you know, the Sunday night letter, to present testimony today, nobody expects that he's he's going to avail himself of that opportunity. But big day, we'll see how it plays out. Um, now, however, I want to shift my focus to Biden, specifically Hunter Biden. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. I want to shift my focus to Biden, specifically Hunter Biden, because yesterday was that hearing before the House Ways and Means Committee. Um, By the way, there will be a very interesting hearing today, another congressional hearing, because House Republicans are welcoming Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to testify before Congress. The focus of that is on social media censorship. Uh, Politico points out the move essentially gives Democrats two choices. They can either ignore what they see as a blatant attempt to embarrass Biden by elevating an opponent, or they can embrace a chance to directly rebut the unfounded claims that Kennedy has spread and challenge him for recently having spoken of whether COVID targets particular ethnic groups. In any event, yesterday featured two whistleblowers, one Previously known to us, Gary Shapley, if you've been following this story, the other witness X, we now know is Joseph Ziegler. And it went on for six hours. I watched and listened to a lot of it. Not all, but a lot of it. As for what I missed, I've read a lot of analysis. And frankly, by the time that I tuned out, uh, it was already so predictable. I, I know that most of you cannot or frankly would not commit that kind of time. Uh, 
but I did, and I want to tell you what I took away from it. It was kind of interesting because Fox had it all. You know, they were like gavel to gavel on it. C-SPAN apparently as well. I didn't watch on C-SPAN, but from the published accounts, that seems to be the case. CNN and MSNBC, in real time at least, uh, seem to ignore it. So how would I summarize what I saw and what I heard, not in a formal way or a legal way, but kind of in a beer conversation? I think it would go something like this. You've got these two agents, these two IRS agents, Shapley, who we'd seen before, Ziegler, who we had not seen before. They've each worked for the IRS for a period of years. By all accounts, they've got good reputations. In fact, they've been recognized for achievement within the agency. To, to, to the extent that either of them has baggage from work or otherwise, that did not come across yesterday. To the contrary, I thought each presented himself as being very, very credible. They each went to great lengths to say that they were not motivated by politics. Uh, Shapley said in his testimony that he'd voted for members of both parties. In his opening statement, he said, this is a quote, I'm the first person in my family to go to college. I was not an Ivy League school. It was not an Ivy League school. And I didn't have a network of rich and powerful friends to help me weather the storms of retaliation and character assassination raging on me for doing the right thing. I'm putting myself at risk for the American people who support me and for those who do not. And at the end of the day, I'm just a small town kid from Norwich, New York, who worked hard to get where I am, and I will never compromise my integrity. There was more curiosity about Ziegler because we'd not seen him before. And because of his both party identification and sexual orientation, both of which he addressed in his opening comments. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you were in my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to the experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what is right, and I'm standing in, or I'm sitting here in front of you today. Okay, so Shapley and Ziegler, you just heard from Ziegler. They each played a significant role in this IRS investigation going on for a period of years of first son Hunter Biden who was able to earn millions of dollars from foreign businesses, seeming by trading, seemingly by trading on the political strength of his father's name. I mean, I, I, you know, having listened and watched yesterday, I think one thing we can all agree on is that he would never otherwise have had these clients but for his father's position. I, I can already hear some people listening to my summary and, and raising issues of what about ism. Yeah. I'm sure there's some valid whataboutism. Jared, the Saudis, comes to mind. 
But that wasn't the focus yesterday. I mean, yesterday was the focus of Hunter's trading on the family name, uh, especially in the aftermath of him having pled guilty. And I guess he'll be in court on this next week to misdemeanor tax charges. Both of these individuals were under oath yesterday. They began with opening statements of five to ten minutes. Then they fielded questions in five-minute increments. It would be a Republican, then it would be a Democrat, a Republican, then a Democrat. It became predictable. Republicans, uh, you know, treated them deferentially and tried to to tee up an opportunity for the witnesses to present evidence and tell their stories. Then it would go to a Democrat who would seek either to diminish their evidence, but never get personal with them. I think they, they knew enough to recognize that these were two credible individuals. Instead, they focused their time on trying to draw attention to Donald Trump and his children. It all was rather predictable until Marjorie Taylor Greene pulled out, pardon me for this, TC, some dick pics. Yes, there was that. Uh, It was so demeaning to the process and kind of took it in a different direction. And most of the stories that I read today focus on her role instead of everything that came out. I felt compelled in the midst of it to send out a tweet because I was so frustrated with the lack of interest of so many on both sides of the aisle who we're not treating it as an opportunity to learn. My, my tweet said this regarding the whistleblower hearing. Surely at least one Democrat on the committee must find this testimony meritorious. And surely at least one Republican must have a question in his head that might undercut the witnesses. But instead, everybody's using their five minutes to further a partisan narrative. So what did they say? Shapley said that Hunter was paid big bucks to do what exactly? Nobody knows. Ziegler said that he was paid $17.3 million from 20, 17. I got to slow down with that. It's a lot of money. $17.3 million from 2014 to 2019 in total foreign income streams through various shell companies. Romania, $3.1 million. China, $3 million from... State Energy HK, $3.7 million from CFFC-affiliated Hudson West. From Ukraine, $6.5 million from Burisma. Of the $17.3 million, Hunter received eight point three. million. The rest went to immediate family members and associates, so says the committee. And Shapley's point is that Hunter's conduct was deserving of more investigation and more punishment than he received. Based on my experience, I'm here to tell you that the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice handling the Hunter Biden tax investigation was very different from any other case in my 14 years at the IRS. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. For example, prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walk steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Warrants that were ready as early as April of 2020, but were delayed until after the November November 2020 election and never pursued. Investigators were not allowed to follow up on WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden's Apple iCloud backup, where he suggested he was sitting next to his father. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf cited the optics of executing a search warrant at President Biden's residence as a deciding factor for not allowing it, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. Prosecutors instructed investigators not to ask about the big guy or dad when conducting interviews. 
the Biden transition team was tipped off about interviews the night before the investigation went over a fact my FBI counterpart confirmed to this committee in a recent testimony, where the result was that only one witness spoke to investigators that day. These are just some of the examples of how our investigation was stymied. So that's Shapley explaining that Hunter's conduct was deserving of more investigation, more punishment than he received, that efforts to treat him like someone without his name were thwarted time and time again, that the U.S. attorney assigned the case David Weiss didn't receive the support he needed from other U.S. attorneys to prosecute the case to the fullest, either in central California or in Washington, D.C., and consequently that the statute of limitations ran out on the more serious stuff while the investigation twisted in the wind. I mean, that was pretty much the crux of what I took away from yesterday's hearing. They said that the Justice Department had interfered in their investigation, that they tipped off Hunter's legal team to a planned search, that they prevented questions related to Hunter Biden, that they didn't have full access to the laptop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And on the issue of whether David Weiss, the U.S. attorney, had, uh, you know, unbridled ability to do whatever he wanted to do, it all comes down to what transpired at a particular meeting uh, October 7, 2022, when, according to Shapley, he's in the room, Weiss is there, he's uh, got everybody surrounding them in work, in working on this case, and he said, hey, I'm not the deciding authority. But, of course, Weiss has written letters to Jim Jordan and the Congress taking issue with that characterization. Depends how you read them. I find them to be inconsistent. So... Yeah, I think these two individuals were speaking truth as they understand it. Um, I think the fact that the Democrats really didn't contest their testimony on the merits signified to me that they, too, believe it. As a matter of fact, Jamie Raskin, the ranking member of the the committee, um, really had a twofold argument. In his opening statement, he said, hey, none of this pertains to Joe Biden. And then secondly, he said, this is typical stuff attributable to the friction that you often see between investigators and prosecutors. One thing you will not hear today is any evidence of wrongdoing by President Joe Biden or his administration. Like every other try by our colleagues to concoct a scandal about President Biden, this one is a complete and total bust. In fact, the ongoing case that the majority invites us to interfere with today is actually a striking illustration of the success of the American system of independent prosecutors operating under the rule of law and outside the realm of the kind of political influence my colleagues are trying to exercise today. I mean, from the perspective of Raskin and the Democrats, and I'm, I'm trying to present this to you just as I heard it and straight down the middle. And, and of course, you can call and tell me what you think of any of this, in, including whether you think it's it's worthy of our attention. I certainly think that it is the day after how much going forward. I'm not sure. But the pitch from Raskin and his cohorts, including uh, Rokana, Rokana had a Les Mis reference. Uh, Javert, who, what was um, Javert? Javert, he was for the loaf of bread. Yes. Right. So the pitch that the D's were making is, hey, this is the way that it always is. 
You got the investigators who go out there and invest themselves uncovering evidence, and they want all of their evidence utilized to bring charges and prosecutors with an eye toward what can actually be proven in court always have to you know put the reins on or put the brakes on and say, well, we're going to prosecute for X and not Y. To to Ziegler and, and Shapley, they say, no, 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 this was not that kind of circumstance. There was much more going on here that prevented us from fully developing uh, the case. And then Rokana said, you know, you remind me of Jovert, even though he couldn't think of the character's name. And frankly, I may, may be mixing it up as well. Um, but I don't think it diminished what these witnesses had to say. So next week, there will be more. Uh, Hunter's former business partner, Devin Archer, is going to testify. And until then, you get a take like this from the Wall Street Journal lead editorial today. Quote, the IRS agents who investigated Hunter are saying live on C-SPAN that they were prevented from getting evidence. The allegations are becoming more specific as the number of witnesses backed them up grows. If Mr. Garland and Mr. Weiss want to persuade America that they're telling the truth, they ought to go before Congress and do what the two IRS agents have now done, answer questions under oath. I think we're probably more inclined to see that from Weiss than we are from Garland. I don't know that we'll see it from either. Published accounts today say that there are conversations taking place between the Congress and Weiss and that maybe that will come to fruition. All right. Bottom line, they're credible, in my opinion. I think it's more than just what the Democrats on the committee want to characterize as the normal negotiation and give and take between investigators and prosecutors. The guy, Hunter, was paid a boatload of money, $17 million, no doubt, because of the family name. What he did for any of it uh, remains completely unclear. Was there anything yesterday that raised that ties directly to Joe? No, there was not. But I think it's entirely legit. Now, do I put it? on par with the other big story today that we've been talking about for the last two days, uh, the imminent indictment of the former president of the United States? No, I don't, because, you know, one is offspring and one is the one is the main guy who right now is the, the leading person for his party's nomination. But I, I do think that each of these stories deserves to be covered, um, not with parody. I think the Trump story is a more important story unless something further develops from the Biden story. But, yeah, it frustrated me a little bit to flip around yesterday and, and see that some were interested and, and some were not. So, gang, that's my summary. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Hey, thanks so much for these telephone calls. You've heard my reaction to yesterday's testimony pertaining to the Hunter Biden investigation. Tom, what thoughts might you have in Rochester, New York? Uh, thanks for taking the call. So it, I think it is very fair for them to investigate Hunter Biden and his exposure to potentially looking into anything, any ties that he could have used government influence to to influencing, you know, what relationships we have overseas. I mean, that's totally fair. But it's also fair to say that this should strengthen the case and the cases that have been brought against Donald Trump. Because even though those same considerations were made about looking into a presidential candidate, a former vice president, that were made around the investigation with Hunter, Hunter Biden, Trump, those same, you know, considerations were made. And despite those I don't, considerations... I, I'm not, wait, hang on a second. I, I don't understand. Yeah. What, what's the connection? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the uh, concern was that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden potentially got special treatment under the justice system. Right? Right. right. Okay. The same concerns have been brought up about the Trump investigation, that he's getting special privilege because Merrick Garland dragged his feet. Um, you know, potentially charges would have never been brought if it wasn't for the document case. And, and now we're in the situation where charges did get brought because of the information that they found. So for the Repu- all the Republicans saying, okay, they're getting special consideration under the law. Trump got that same special consideration under the law. And I don't think that. Well, I don't think that yeah. Trump. I don't think that Trump is getting special consideration in a in a pro-Trump way. But Biden, you you Hunter, you, you don't Hunter, think that you don't think that they would have waited to go to his Mar-a-Lago estate and get those documents back if he was anyone other than the former president. It's kind of hard to answer that question because the whole nature of those documents is that, you know, he was the president and had classified information. In other words, are you saying they wouldn't have played nice if there were a senior government official who they thought had classified information? Definitely not. Yeah, they I, would have I, gotten those I hear, documents back pretty quickly. I hear that point. On the bigger, uh, on the bigger Tom, point of, of special treatment for, for Trump, I don't think that Trump would be prosecuted in the Alvin Bragg case, if his name were not Trump and if he were not who he is. I think he's been singled out in a negative way in that instance. Uh, I also believe that if his name were not Trump, the document case wouldn't come to trial before November of 2024 because of its complexity. The fact that he is Trump, it may get there, depending on what Judge Aileen Cannon does. So I think Trump's being harmed. In a in a special consideration kind of way, in contrast to this, if that makes any sense. Uh, Dave, quickly from Orlando, react to what you heard me say about Hunter or offer thoughts of your own. Good morning, Michael. I have a couple things here and I'll, I'll hearing. I saw the entire hearing and my concern is and you bring it up oftentimes is you have people in their media silos. So you have those who watch CNN or MSNBC who are totally unaware of the story. And all they'll do is they'll get a little slice and dice, have their little snippet, and they'll say, see, nothing there, nothing there. So you have a lot of low-information voters on this. But let me ask you a question. Uh, Weisselberg, no criminal background, was sentenced to five months. 
would be a nice uh, exercise. Have a, a tax accountant come on and say, let's compare the two actions. One received 78, what's the 80-year-old man goes to yeah, jail. And quickly One went away. Slow walking. And, yep. And I, I think that's, I think it's fair. Taxes. I think it's fair to see Alan, we Alan Weisselberg. Yeah. And so let's talk it, there's about no doubt. There's no, there's no doubt. And I, I, I agree with I you. Make, Hustle, go. Can I ask you a question? Come on, you got to speak did, quickly. Now, how did Joe Biden earn seventeen million dollars? What is the source of the revenue? I mean, Hunter, a very valid Hunter point Biden. Up yesterday. Hunter Biden. Hunter, I well, think you no, just said Joe. Hunter got some of the money, and some of the money was redirected. Right. So Seven. Where did that I, I money made it come from. Right. I made it clear a moment ago, $17 million, and here's where it came from, and here's where it went as far as we know. San Jose is where James is located. James, what did you want to say? Uh, good morning, Mr. Spaganish. Uh I just wanted to say uh, I thought the whistleblowers were very compelling. I think their main point was an abnormal shutdown of investigated leads that could have led to other you know, uh, targets, such as the president. And I, I think it's important to remember when we have this conversation that um, modern-day bribery is conducted through third parties. I mean, that's, that's how it works. Nobody, nobody gives bags of cash anymore. And, you know, this is well-documented in an FCPA study uh, that's done by Stanford, and I think it's Sullivan and Cromwell. Um, and so this is how it's done. And, and I feel that they were compelling because they were saying we didn't get to pursue what we wanted what we thought was there yeah i mean and and there's no if there were evidence of either of them having a bias having baggage having an axe to grind it would have come out the the democrats clearly had done their homework on them and they stayed away from the merits that's really what i want to convey to people who you know you were working for a living yesterday i was watching and listening so that you didn't have to they, they didn't have anything to discredit these individuals, and they offer a very compelling story backed up by credentials of having worked for many, many years at the IRS and been recognized in a positive way, uh, that they were thwarted in their task. Can you give me a taste, Dan, of RFK Jr. live? Across the aisle because he didn't deal in insults, because he didn't try to censor people. He brought home people who were antithetical to what he believed in. He came home almost every weekend with people like Orrin Hatch to our house at the compound in Hyannisport. At that time, Must Orrin be Hatch about to me Ted. was like Darth Vader because I was an environmentalist. And I was saying, why, why is Teddy bringing this guy home? Yeah. But he knew that he was effective because he understood that comedy and respect and kindness and compassion and empathy for other people is the way that we have the only way to restore the function in this in this chamber. But more importantly, today we need to give an example in the leadership of our country of being respectful to each other. If you think I said we'll something keep that's monitoring it, okay? It's going to be interesting to see because the routine is going to be the same as yesterday. Opening statement, although TC says he's thrown out his notes, and then it'll be five minutes for the R's because because they brought him. And then five minutes for the D's. How will the D's handle RFK Jr.? And and which of the many ways in which you can question him uh, are they going to pursue? So, TC, stay on that, please. I want to know what's going on. Gary, you're in Oklahoma. Greetings in Tulsa. What are you thinking? 
I'm thinking that uh, I'll thank you for taking my call back home. Uh, I'm thinking that this business as usual. I mean, a rich guy does something, his son does something, gets caught, and gets away with it because he's rich and powerful. I mean, it's the same old business. I mean, President Trump himself said, I can shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. Well, it's the same old story. So the average guy like me who hears this stuff just thinks, this business is usual. Why do I'm, I'm so frustrated with why do I even care like that? I have a I have a question. Uh, doesn't make it any better, but I have a question about what really went on here. There's no doubt in my mind that that Hunter was treated differently than someone else would have been. Is it because the word had gone out, you know, from the top down to to make sure this this investigation is handled correctly, which means that it doesn't get too deep, or is it just that career individuals were scared to death? Of being at odds. I mean, there, there there is a more benign explanation to the way in which this this investigation was not allowed to to to, to grow wings, so to speak. Uh, Liberal Paul, did you watch yesterday? Of course not. Uh, listen, what you, you, you have me? It's what you have me for. In search of an allegation, I will watch the millisecond somebody can tell me the crime. That some alleged to have committed. Instead, we get a lot of slippery talk. We've learned, you know, it's gone from $17 million to $3 million to $100 billion or whatever. We're talking about events that occurred during the Trump administration. And when I say that, you just... You were reciting the facts, and you're talking about this goes back to a Justice Department decision in 2020. And Joe Biden wasn't even president in 2020. The phone call that was supposedly uh, the big guy was sitting next to Hunter was in 2017, when Joe Biden wasn't even president. I'm scratching my head trying to figure out what they are saying anybody did that was... Illegal. You got to you got to go. Maybe I've not. OK, maybe I've not presented it in a, in a way that laid out the timeline. I tried to do it in quick fashion. You got to go watch and listen to these guys, because I think you'll be impressed with their credibility and their recounting of each instance where they wanted to pursue questions about Hunter not paying his taxes and they just weren't allowed to do it. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.